and join the Statesman Athletic Association. The SAA strives to assist athletics financially, increase interest in Hobart sports, and promote good fellowship among Hobart College alumni, parents, and friends. And your business could join a growing list of local and regional businesses that are corporate sponsors with the SAA. Find out more about how you and your business can partner with the SAA, the team behind Hobart's teams, online at www.hws.edu or call 315-781-3075. When winter's finally over, you'll say, It's about time. Meanwhile, survive the winter with us. Hobart and William Smith College Radio, WHWSLP, 105.7. Now, more of Cracking a Cold One on 105.7 WHWS with your hosts, Kevin and Chris. edition of Cracking a Cold One here, back on the airwaves of 105.7 WHWS. Kevin Krzyzewski, Chris Gertler here with you on this one. How's it going, Kev? I didn't get a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Chris Gertler and the Hall of Famer, Troy Aikman. You know, it, it's, it's good to be back, and it's good to be back on campus and back in the studio. And, you know, we've had our Zoom shows for a while, and now we're, uh, we're back. So it's uh it's good to be back in the studio and talk some football i agree a- a- absolutely um start this off we we had a little bit of a podcast yesterday talking um bucks football with uh jb of in the d3 football huddle <laughs> podcast also a hobart graduate um that one you can find up on our spotify page but i think the best way kind of we were talking before this show started that we want to start off is let's Let's run down some of the news that's happened um, in the NFL this week, and why don't we start off um, with one of the top two teams of this this show between you, Matt, and I, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. The new head coach, um, kind of out of nowhere that they got rid of Doug Peterson at the end of the season. Um, I don't think they were really expecting the front office and all that. I don't think they were expecting to have to go through a coaching search this offseason. So, so do you buy the fact that Doug didn't want Carson and that Jeffrey Lurie did? I, I think I think I do because I think, you know, and this segues into um, hiring, the, the hiring that they did have of the Colts offensive quarter, Nick Sirianni. Um, I think Doug wanted Jalen Hurts on this team. I think Doug and Carson's relationship was beyond fixable. And I think Sirianni was brought in Reports came out today that Lurie liked the plan that he has for Carson Wentz, liked what he wants to do to get Carson Wentz back on track. But, yeah, ultimately where you got to fall on this is that, that it's on Carson Wentz now. I mean, that's that's just it. That This is going to be a sink or swim. He's got to come out, and he's got to, you know, show that he can fix this because we've seen him have decent years. But when you bring a guy in, when you bring Frank Reich, who – by all reports, designed that offense that took you to the Super Bowl. When you bring his right-hand man in, who, as Reich said, works very well and, and thinks very similar to the way that Reich does, it, it's for Carson Wentz. 
And with the contract, I mean, I, I can't fully fault it, you know? So I think it was a safe hire. I'm glad it wasn't McDaniels, man. You you had to you had to keep it on and you had to keep um I don't know, I guess they keep on going back to the well of the they're like, Okay, if you're that much buying into Frank Reich, you're gonna take Frank Reich's top offensive guy. It's I mean I, it's it's just a weird situation in Philly. And I just don't really know what what's happening. And I don't know what the direction they're looking to go in. And yes, you're right, one hundred percent they need to bring back Wentz for one more year with the contract number and what he is. So by doing that, you, you're you buying in and you're saying, all right, we're going to run it back one time. If not, I think you go to Hertz. And I think you'd agree with that because, you know, Wentz would have enough opportunities with the Eagles at that point where you'd be like, all right, see you later. Try it with a different team, but, you know, you can't, you can't play here. So I don't know. This guy came out of nowhere to be the Eagles head coach. No buzz about him. You know, the main buzz was about McDaniels, like you said, and then the Deuce Staley guy. Yep. Right? That's his name? Yeah. So, yeah. um, you, it's just out of nowhere. I didn't even hear that they interviewed him. Like, I mean, I don't follow e- the Eagles sure. Twitter like you do, but, I mean. Yeah. I, not only did it come out of nowhere, but it's not like Sirianni was being considered for any other head coaching jobs. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it came out of nowhere in the sense that I think this was like a two or three day process. I mean, they had that. It was reported. They had like an 11 hour interview with McDaniels. They brought him in at like nine o'clock in the morning and it was still going strong at like six o'clock at night. That's just crazy. But they have been known to do that with head coaching candidates before. Um, it's just wild. I mean, if it takes you that long to figure out what's going on with a coach, I don't think you need him. Because I, I didn't buy the McDaniels train at all. We've seen what he can do leading men in Denver. It didn't work out. I, I think he had Tim Tebow, right, when he was yep. a quarterback, yep. when he was the coach there. So, I mean, you, you look back on that time in McDaniels' career, and he's done great things with Brady before Denver and then after Denver when he came back to New England. So it's he's a bright offensive mind. I don't think he's cut out to be the coach because, he, you know, you think he could get a job every year. And, you know, everyone's always said the last couple years that, you know, once Belichick leaves, you know, McDaniels will take over because they gave him that enhanced salary uh, for an offensive coordinator. But, you know, obviously he's not jumping ship, so who the heck would ever want to take over that New England job? I just have no clue. So I think there's one man for it, and it's Belichick. But if he wants to buy out, then then he's not going to end up doing his thing. I mean, yeah. I, I'm kind of talking myself in circles here, but I, I, I don't know about the hire. And, you know, if he came out of nowhere, I've there's a coach for the Giants that came out of nowhere last year. And nobody else was interviewing Joe Judge. So, and that were, is from year one, the returns are great. I told Chris the other day, I have not been more excited about a coach since 2011 when Tom Coughlin was winning a Super Bowl. I have not been more happy with our coaching. So, it's... um. It is what it is, and I think the jury's out on, and, you know, there's not much to go off. You know, you don't hear this guy's name as a, you know, great coordinator, and so it's a it's a gut hire by the Eagles, and I think it's reflecting on, you know, the, you just go with your gut, and you go with your gut feeling, and they took this guy, and they think he might be the guy to lead him, so... If this whole thing plays out a year later and not in the middle of this Carson Wentz contract, I think you're looking at a very different thing. I think Peterson probably stays. I, ju- I, th- I really think this was a 
we need to get somebody that's gonna that's gonna help Wentz. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I think I saw it best when the Eagles reporters tweeted. It's it, I'm not over underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. I'm just yeah. I I, mean, I'm just there. You don't know much about this guy. Nope. That's the way I felt last last off season. I was like, who's Joe Judge? Yeah. Then I watched his press conference and I was like, whoa. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a. He seems like he's gonna take command of this uh, this ship in the direction we're going. Speaking of guys that are taking command of the ship, how about Dan Campbell in Detroit breaking kneecaps? I sent you a video. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but it was the judge. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch that yet, but I, I know the idea of it. It was the judge press conference and the Campbell side by side. All the words were the same. It was literally the same thing. Joe Judge didn't talk about breaking kneecaps, but he talked about being tough and competing. And that's exactly what I saw from the Giants last year. I mean, I you can't help but feel for the Lions, right? They're trying everything. And, you know, they make the playoffs once a decade, but they don't <laughs> do anything. And, and they went with the Matt Patricia off the Belichick coaching tree, and that, that didn't really pan out. I mean, I thought that would have worked. What? I think Patricia would have worked anywhere else, really. Yep. It's really unfortunate. I mean, uh, okay, so the Dan Campbell thing. First off, if you haven't done yourself a favor yet, go look up Dan Campbell and try and tell me he doesn't look like – I saw this on Twitter. Try and tell me he doesn't look like he's a guy that's stressing about trying to sell 10 more F-150s by the end of the month. Dude looks like a used car salesman. It, w- it works in Detroit, <laughs> honestly, with all the – you know, they play at Ford Field and, you know, the F-150s were a good reference by whoever posted that. Yeah. But um, you just look at Detroit and it's like – Okay, you're trying it, but I just, and you know, it's you got to get tougher. And then you, the Lions' of defense was very soft this year. Yep. they weren't that good at home. <laughs> they um, were not, contrary to popular belief. And I think Matt Patricia is a bright guy, and I feel like whoever picks him up as his the, their defensive coordinator will um will really reap the benefits of it. But at this point, I'm surprised he's not back in New England yet. Yeah, a- and you know. Dan Campbell's whole biting kneecaps off and everything's great. Was he but a cannibal? But, uh, yeah, right? But but that's a lot of, I don't want to say bulletin board material because it wasn't directed at anyone, but that's putting a bit of a target on your back to, to really try and change the culture that's around this Lions franchise. I mean, you go all the way back to, uh, well, take, take some of these teams in the NFL right now that have been perennially bad. And just never considered contenders. Go with the Browns. They look much better. They played Kansas City tough. I know Mahomes went out. Look much better. They're, as Baker said, every single press conference, they're changing the culture. The Jets. Robert Sala, the jury's out. No, I think he's going to be very, very good head coach. Even though he's on the Jets. He just seems like he can... If there's anybody that can turn around the Jets, okay. I think it'll be him. Because just... He just looks like a fun guy to be around, but he also looks like he's going to command the best out of his players. What he did last year with getting that 49ers team to the Super Bowl was great. Salah got that team to the Super Bowl, and it was it was a great run that they had, and their defense was carrying them. You know, they had all the pieces there at that point. Nick Bosa, um, Richard Sherman, you know, the list goes on and on and on. But Fred Warner, I think, is their, their middle linebacker. Yep. It's... And they have a ton of first-round picks on that defensive line. This year, everybody gets hurt. Everybody gets hurt on his defense. It's still top five. I was going to say, I'm just looking up. Yeah, and, and they still finish with a 6-10 and 10 record, and, you're, and Jimmy Garoppolo goes out. 
Yeah, I mean, the guys are playing for him. Yeah. So, and then I, I they're going to have a decision to make with, you know, what do you do with Sam Darnold? So the Jets, obviously, and well-documented, they fell out of the – they were on track to go 0-16 and then beat the Browns. Um, fell out of the track for the number one pick. Jaguars went into that. There's a team went a little out of left field and hired Urban Meyer as their head coach. All right, all right. Should we – let's – all right, we'll talk about more head coaches. I do want to talk about Urban Meyer a little okay. bit. We haven't talked about many head coaches because we've been really focused on our podcasts and, you know, an hour. You know, an hour here, an hour there. Yep. But we're let's let's focus on the new hires and what we think could possibly happen. Sure. So we've already talked about Detroit. We've already talked about the Eagles. Yep. So we've got two juries are out. We've got Robert Sala, who I think is going to be a good coach. It's going to take him a few years to turn around the Jets. And it's really going to depend. He's building that staff around Kyle Shanahan's offensive staff. Yep. So, I mean, it's proven that Kyle Shanahan's a great mind, and those guys that he wants around him on the offensive side of the ball will work. And I, th- I think they're high on Darnold from what I'm hearing, I've heard on Twitter yep. and on NFL Network and all that stuff with Robert Sala wanting to keep Darnold. Because Darnold... He was a one of the. I think he was the top prospect in that draft, and it was a surprise when he fell to three. Yeah. So, it's maybe you just need to build a team around him, and it's not a cult part of the cancerous culture that the Jets have developed over the years. So, you know, your thoughts on Salah? You still think the jury's out? I, I I think I find the jury's out. I agree with you. He did so well in San Francisco. I find the jury's out because this is the Jets, and, and it's just gonna take a lot to to change the culture there. I think we'll save this for a later once the Super Bowl ends and we get on a little bit farther into the offseason and start a little more draft preview. I think it'll be interesting to discuss and debate um, what they're going to do it to. Yeah, this draft is going to be great. There's so many different storylines that you have. So many. Our roommate, um, Jamal Spear, just walked by in the studio. <laughs> I saw his jacket. Let's... All right, so then, then we go down south to Jacksonville. The biggest splash hire of the offseason, right? Yes. The, the I'm not biggest, mistaken yep. there. No, you're not. And Urban Meyer, for years, Ohio State, perennial contender. He's definitely one of the best college coaches that I've ever, that I've ever seen. Probably second to Saban, right? Yeah. Because he has won anywhere he's gone. Florida, Ohio State. I think he started his career at Utah. Yep. So you look at it, and it's like, I don't know how he's going to translate to the NFL because it's been said that you need to talk to your guys in a different way. I mean, you do because they're grown men compared to 18 to 22-year-old kids. Yep. So at that point, it's like Urban Meyer, can you translate your game to the pro style? And who, who are you going to bring with you? Because I, I – I've never liked him as a coach. Mm-hmm. I always preferred Saban. Everybody says, oh, no, I hate Saban. He's so arrogant. No, Saban, I like Saban. I, there's just certain pe- guys that rub me a certain way. Yeah. So I don't know how it's going to work. He's starting with a ton of cap space and Trevor Lawrence, presumably. So it's somewhere to go, and the Jaguars aren't completely bereft of talent at this point. So that's a jury's out for me. And, you know, the only one I kind of have conviction on is, is the Sala one. So. Yep. I, th- I think for Urban Meyer, first off, having followed the amount, and it's not that much, but of Michigan football, I mean, 
hate Urban Meyer. <laughs> had Michigan's number constantly. Um, it's I, I think it's definitely high risk, high reward. Yeah, one thing that worries me, though, is the last two stops he's been at, Florida and Ohio State, he just retired. He was just like, no, I'm done, I'm retiring. Yeah. No, it comes out of retirement, goes to coach at Ohio State. And I think that was health. They were both health-related both times. Absolutely. So, you know, coaching it really takes a toll on these guys. Yeah. So it, how long is he going to last in Jacksonville? Yeah. Because, I mean, what was he at, Ohio State, eight years? I mean, let me look it up. But um, it's uh, it's just I don't know how long he's going to last, and I think he signed a six-year contract. Yeah. Um, no, that's a, that's a great point on that, and, and it's one that's like you don't want to hold it against him. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right that the longevity has the huge potential to be an issue there. Do you have that? How he was long? at Ohio State for six years, from 2012 to 2018. Um. He coached Florida when Tebow was there, right? My yeah, right. yeah. And they had that all-time convict team. I was going to say, that, that keeps being said. We need the re, Why there isn't an ESPN there 30 for 30 be. on it is, is beyond me. There absolutely needs to be. There absolutely needs to be. And everybody, there's a new 30 for 30 coming out at the start of February, I think. And it's on Al Davis, the Raiders owner, okay. who uh, died, I think it was probably close to a decade ago at this point. Yep. But he was the guy who really rose the Raiders to be the villains and okay I am actually really and it's one of the NFL storylines I've never really educated myself on and that because that nobody really wing of <laughs> that wing of the history. Raiders yeah well we don't care about the Raiders but the Raiders were good in the past so yep. I want to know about like how he built that team and he seemed like a real good character and everybody said you know he's smiling down from from heaven saying like okay the, the he would have wanted the Raiders to move to Vegas. Oh, they, he's all about the pomp and circumstance and that kind of stuff. So I'm actually really excited to see that on, yeah. a, on a side note tangent. No, 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 that's fair. And, you know, as much as I blasted over the last week and beyond ESPN, because I think what they've done with ESPN Plus is awful for somebody who hasn't, you know, drank the Kool-Aid yet on ESPN Plus and bought it because there's no good articles to read on the website anymore. The 30 for 30 is something that this just been absolutely awesome they don't miss with any of their 30 for 30s the I, jordan one uh my favorite's the um the the reggie miller and the uh new york knicks and indiana pacers one you need to watch the jordan one okay i, I know you're not that big of a basketball guy sure. but it's it's so good and you'll really appreciate the jordan side uh, as somebody who never saw jordan me yep. and you know i was born after his last year with the bulls so i've seen lebron's career and i can make a judgment on that but and then if you look at Jordan, I didn't see any of that. So getting a ten episode, thirty for thirty, was something that was really valuable to me as a as a fan. And you know you get to see Jordan's greatness and how he built it from all the way from the late seventies to the late nineties. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got two big conference championship games this weekend coming up to get to. So we'll get to both of those. In turn, give you some predictions, um, kind of how they'll play out. It's been a, quite a good playoffs. I, I don't think we're going to have a bad Super Bowl matchup. Um, it's impossible. Cowan Cowherd was just saying that today. Yep. Impossible to have a bad matchup. I like both ways that this can go. You're listening to Cracking a Cold One, 105.7 WHWS. Back in a few. Don't money. 
William Smith students contribute over 80,000 hours of service and generate approximately $110,000 in fundraising directed to local, national, and international nonprofit organizations. Should your community organization want to partner with us or to learn more about community engagement efforts, please contact us in the Center for Community Engagement and Service Learning at serve at hws.edu. Been outside lately? <laughs> what a rotten day! Survive the winter inside with us. Hobart and William Smith College Radio, WHWSLP, 105.7. We all play a role in keeping our community safe. Every day, we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our everyday. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when something doesn't seem quite right that it's time to pay attention. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Now, more of Cracking a Cold One on 105.7 WHWS with your hosts, Kevin and Chris. The first one of 2021. Already almost done with January. Yikes. Zoinks. Scoobs. Crazy. Crazy how time flies. You know, the two months over break, you know, they went a little little fast, but not too fast. I don't know. You'd say that, you know, well, two months, quote unquote, because we still had those two and a half, three weeks of finals. So, I don't know. It's nice. We've been watching football every weekend. The Giants had a little... Uh, life in December that probably made it go a little <laughs> quicker for me um, and yeah so we've arrived at the conference championship weekend which one do you want to tackle first let's tackle um, let's go with Bucks and the Packers or yeah Bucks and the Packers first um, talk about a little bit yesterday a big story coming into this one is Brady versus Rodgers we have never seen a Brady versus Rodgers playoff matchup They've been in separate divisions. We've just never had, also have never had Patriots Packers in the Super Bowl. Um, Bucks coming off a big game, big Not win. Not never. They did play each other in the Super Bowl before before the Brady before Rogers. Brady and Rogers' time. Okay. Well, Bucks coming off a big week against the Saints. Um, defense really stepped up. Devin White made some couple really good plays for that Bucks defense. He was one pick away from being a giant. 
Uh, Would have been nice, but yep. we took Jones, so it was okay. But um, yeah, that the the big storyline that we were talking with yesterday about JB is which defense, and this is what I think, and well, you can hear that on our podcast page, that it's really going to come down to which defense is better because I really think the offense has come out to a wash. You've got Brady, you've got Rodgers. You've got all the weapons for Brady, Evans, no A.B. this week, but they still have Godwin and Gronk and Cameron Brait along with Fournette and Jones. So you've got a loaded offense there. And then you look at the Packers, who have an equally as loaded offense, in my opinion, with Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Robert Tanyan as the tight end. And they have a really good offensive line. The offensive lines are both pretty good. I mean, that's how far how you get these old quarterbacks this far in the playoffs. So as you look at it and as you look at the offenses, they kind of even out. And then you think about the Packers defense. They've got some stars over there, but you really haven't seen them play like the Bucks played last week. And that's why I think it's going to be a very close game because the Bucks defense is a little bit better. I They might force Rodgers into an uncharacteristic turnover as of this year because he's been playing in that MV, MVP form. So I think it's really going to boil down to not Rodgers and Brady and who has the better game because I think they'll have comparable games, but which defense can maybe get that elusive turnover and get those extra three or seven points? I think it's interesting when you talk when you're just talking there about Brady and Rodgers and, and talking about comparable games because I think you're you're you hit the nail on the head there. I don't see this game being uh, both QBs or even honestly one QB having like a three touchdown four hundred plus yard game. I don't. I, I think because that goes right back to the defense. I think it's going to be you know kind of what we saw out of Brady last week a little bit the the two hundred yards two touchdowns that variety there. Um, I think the big thing, we, you and I, when we were having lunch, we were watching Coward, and he brought up the stat. Over the last three weeks, Packers have had a different top-leading receiver over the last three weeks. I think that's a nightmare to try to defend because they've got so many options and places they can go as well. Not only that, the run game's coming in for the Packers' offense. It's also going to come down to Brady was only sacked once last week. That's huge because not only on the surface does that are you like okay no you don't want to sack a quarterback Brady's one that I, I've maintained forever if you can get to Brady in a game you have a much better chance of winning because it gets him a little flustered a little upset with his teammates and you know I don't want to sound like a broken record here but it, th that part of the game is going to come down to what um, Hobart's very own Ali Marpet's going to be able to do on the offensive line keeping his quarterback safe exactly exactly I, I, I mean I, I feel that and the offensive line's pretty much even out. I mean, I'm looking at the, uh, you know, the weather.com here for Green yep. Bay. Saturday night, one to three inches of snow expected, but uh, 17 degrees overnight. And then in the morning on Sunday, snow accumulations less than an inch, and it's going to get up to 29 degrees in Green Bay. So you might have some residual snow. It'll just be cold. And, you know, I, I do think everybody says the weather doesn't come into play. I think the warm weather teams don't like to play in the cold. Because think about it. A lot of these football guys come from down south, and the they go to those really good schools the Alabamas, in the SECs. The Clemsons, the Auburns. In the SEC. Yep. They don't play in, you know, colder than 40. I'd say 40 might even be a little low. 40-degree yeah. weather. 
So if you go up and play in 25 degree Lambo, it's it's going to be tough. And I know we know that the most important position on the field is uh, immune to the weather because Brady's played in it his entire Absolutely, career. Absolutely, yeah. So that's huge for the Bucks. And Rodgers definitely knows how to play up there. And it's a big advantage for that to have home field in Lambeau. And that's fans what I've no been fans. saying. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's what I've been saying all season. It's the weather that's going to come into play. There will be fans there this weekend, they, right? Yeah, they had fans last weekend, yep. and I think it was probably around 7,000. Yeah. So they're going to have fans, and, you know, it was pretty rowdy last week mm-hmm. in Green Bay and Kansas City. So two good venues to host. And we're looking towards, I think, a great, just a great weekend of games for the second weekend in a row. Last week didn't really live up to what I thought. I thought we'd get a few more close ones, but it ended out being a good weekend. And this weekend, I think, is going to be even better. The matchups are just juicy. And, you know, I don't use that word lightly. So, I just the Brady... And the Rodgers, it's, you know, Fox's best scenario. Uh, They're absolutely thrilled with this one. Before we get to any picks, I think the last thing I want to talk about real quick is you don't think of it traditionally, but Aaron Rodgers is a mobile quarterback, (laughs) a very mobile quarterback. And I don't think that's the first thing that's on most people's mind when they think of Aaron Rodgers. But go back, go to those, like, Hail Marys. He moves when he needs to. Exactly. He moves when he needs to. You saw that touchdown run he had. I don't know if I'd call him mobile. I'd call him mobile if necessary. <laughs> mobile if necessary. Yeah, absolutely. I'd put yeah. that caveat on it. He's just still the best quarterback I've ever seen play in my life. He's yeah. just as gifted as they come. And he's 37. Yep. You know, Mahomes is doing it all, and he's 25. And he's the he's getting up there with the most gifted quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. He's just imagine if we get that matchup next in two weeks. It's going to be amazing. Either matchup we get, because then it'll be Brady-Mahomes, oh, this time in the Super Bowl instead of the AFC Championship. Yep. Or then it's going to be Brady playing Josh Allen. The Bills still have to overcome Tom Brady. I don't know, and, Jim. <laughs> and then and then at the same time, you know, I think the least favorable matchup. We'll talk. Let's talk about the matchups a little bit later Coach in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we, we're looking at. So should we give a prediction we now? Should, we should, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to look at um, Green Bay here, and I gave my prediction yesterday as 27-24 Bills, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, no, excuse me, Packers. Yeah. And I th- just think it's going to play out where the Green Bay defense, surprisingly, is going to make that one extra play, get Rodgers in field goal position, Mason Crosby field goal close to the end of the game. I'm going to stick with the prediction I made yesterday and go with the Bucks. I think this is going to be a this is a game where it comes down to the last the last play like you said the last last field goal or something. I think the Bucks will have it, but I think it's going to be no matter what the game's going to come down to the last end whether it's the the Packers going down to win it or the Bucks going down to win it. Both quarterbacks have shown that they're able to do that. I think it stays low scoring. I don't see the shootout. I see the defense is coming in. I'm going to go one, I don't remember what you, you remember what I went yesterday. I, mean, I think maybe twenty four twenty was I what I went. I yesterday. think it was something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be good, yep. and I hope for our, you know everybody that's watching's sake that it's gonna be a great game and a nail biter, and it'll live up to the hype. Absolutely. Um, so there's our predictions for the Bucks Packers game. We're gonna take a real quick break. When we come back, we're gonna jump into the Bills Chiefs. Um, my usual in and on. 
COVID time, broadcast partner Joe Lasky is going to join us as a lifelong Bills fan um, to kind of talk about what this has been like for him to see a Bills team that's doing very well. So he's going to jump on with us after the break. You're listening to Cracking a Cold One on 105.7 WHWS. Each year, Hobart and William Smith students contribute over 80,000 hours of service and generate approximately $110,000 in fundraising directed to local, national, and international nonprofit organizations. Should your community organization want to partner with us or to learn more about community engagement efforts, please contact us in the Center for Community Engagement and Service Learning at serve at hws.edu. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. We've got more food in our country than we know what to do with. Food at the grocery store and food in the vending machines, fast food, health food, and seafood. We've got so much food that anything people don't buy, we just throw out. Yet 17 million kids in America struggle with hunger. That ain't right. Luckily, the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks has volunteers gathering excess food and getting it to hungry kids. They're kind of like... Food angels. Yeah, I made that up. It's kind of catchy. Hello, people. This isn't rocket science. We could solve hunger today. To start, become a food angel yourself by supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. We can't do it without your help. To help solve hunger in the Genesee Valley and Finger Lakes, contact Foodlink or visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Cracking a cold one on 105.7 WHWS with your hosts, Kevin and Chris. Back here on Cracking a Cold One on 105.7 WHWS. Here, Kevin Krzyzewski with me. Uh, joining us via Zoom in this whole pandemic time is my um, HWS Athletics bro- broadcast co-host joe lasky lifelong bills fan to kind of break down this bills chiefs game how you doing joe we are here we're surviving and we're hoping for some sort of uh i guess january miracle here against the chiefs uh coming up uh on sunday so you've been a bills fan i believe lifelong what's this like to see this team finally um you know after a little bit of struggles you don't have the patriots in the division anymore (laughs) what's it like to see this team take off like this it's been really fun to watch these past couple of years here getting back to the playoffs. Uh, you know, my uh, oldest was pointing this out to me uh, because he likes to make me feel old, um, that he is this, now the same age I was the last time the Bills were in the AFC Championship game. Um, That's crazy. It, it is, and I went to that game, and I remember it well, Joe Montana getting knocked out in the third quarter of that game. Um, so it, it's obviously there was the whole uh, wander through the desert and not having a playoff spot. Um, so to go from that, to go from the infamous uh, Dalton to Boyd play that put the Bills in the playoffs three years ago to now this team can go to the Super Bowl has been uh, been pretty wild. It's been pretty fun. Last week's game against Baltimore, uh, Buffalo came out, kind of won that one. Um, got a little bit outplayed, to be totally honest. Baltimore outgained them thir- 340 to 220, but we're able to come away with the 7-3 to lead obviously this week it's a much different <coughs> opponent as was confirmed this morning patrick mahomes is going to go for the chiefs he's cleared the concussion protocol what do you think the bill's best way to stop mahomes is in this one 
Well, uh, again, the game plan last time out when they played back uh, in week six, the one they tried to employ uh, mainly due because of a very banged up defense, uh, didn't work great. But the caveat is, is the Bills weren't that far off. Um, if there was a little bit of a difference, about a quarter of a second difference between when Justin Zimmer was able to strip Patrick Mahomes and have it count versus not, the Bills would have been in position to take the lead in that game. Uh, with about five minutes to go. So even though that game plan was really kind of hang back and just get run over, which is what happened, they gave up 245 yards rushing uh, to the Chiefs in that first game, they weren't that close or weren't that far away from actually pulling off a win in that game. So I think you're going to see a little bit of a hybrid here. I think the Bills will be more aggressive in this game. Uh, I think you're going to see um, one of the key matchups is going to be, can the Bills at least mitigate Travis Kelsey in this game? Obviously, they're, I don't think they're going to take him away completely. Uh, but I think they're going to have to at least try to limit the damage a little bit. The Bills really haven't been beaten by big play wide receivers this season, but tight ends have given the Bills big problems. So I think that's going to be one of the big matchups in this one. I kind of find a happy medium between that week six plan and going all out aggressive like they did uh, against Baltimore, which was very effective. Obviously, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are two very different quarterbacks. Uh, so they got to find the medium in between there. Uh, if they can do that at least, again, limit the damage. No one's going to shut the Chiefs out. That's never going to happen. But if they can limit the damage, uh, they have a shot. Yeah, and I get what you're saying there. And, you know, the Bills, to their credit, obviously, are a very different team since since week six. And what I think they've won eight, nine games in a row now, something crazy. And yeah, they're, um, they're, yep. You go ahead. How many of it? How many is it? It is, uh, it is eight now. Uh, it could be 11 if not for Hale Murray. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, th this team is, is as hot as anybody. They've won different ways in the playoffs. Uh, to be honest, I don't know if they were so outplayed against the Ravens, but they were certainly outplayed by the Colts. Um, yeah. They didn't play a good game on, on really both sides of the, of the field. Uh, I think Josh Allen bailed them out against the Colts. The defense was really chewed up, and that's maybe where the big concern is. Balanced offenses have given the Bills problems. The Chiefs are certainly balanced. Uh, so that could be uh, a part where the Bills could run into some problems. Uh, I still, I, I think everyone expecting points, I think they're going to get them. The conditions apparently for uh, Kansas City aren't going to be too bad. So uh, I think I think we're going to see some points. This may be end up being, coming down to the shootout between the quarterbacks. We all think it's going to be. I, that would be very interesting, honestly. And, you know, going back to your point on the tight ends and containing the tight ends defensively for the Bills, you know, we saw uh, Jack Doyle go for a lot of yards in that wild card game back two weeks. And then mm -hmm. a little bit more with Mark Andrews last week, they they did a better job slowing him down. And, you know, I know Lamar wasn't out there for the fourth quarter, but they still had a better plan defensively. And we saw a defensive slugfest really last week. So, and the wind came into play. So, and like you said, Kansas City isn't going to be too bad tomorrow. So, I, I do think that maybe they've figured something out because Mark Andrews is a pretty elite tight end and doesn't get talked about nearly enough. And I think he's probably in the top five for tight ends where Kelsey's, you know, number one and a different animal. But, you know, I think last week is something you can go off of and think, okay, maybe we have gotten better at stopping the tight ends compared to looking at wildcard weekend. Well, it's been a matter of getting Matt Milano work back in the defense. He was hurt in week six. I think that was a big loss uh, for the Bills' defense, and he really hasn't been healthy until the past few weeks or so. And it is certainly, I think, uh, shown up very much so the Bills' defensive performances. They have been, uh, with the exception, I think, of the Colts game, that defense has really picked things up in the past month and a half or so. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Milano has made himself a lot of money. 
uh, here in this last half of the schedule because he is really key with his speed to try to cover tight ends out of the backfield or tight ends off the line of scrimmage. Um, obviously, figures is a key in the run game, but I think it's it's more in pass coverage uh, that I think he's an asset uh, to this Bills defense. And again, no one's expecting him to hold Travis Kelsey to two to three catches for like you know twenty yards, but if he keeps them from going off, the Bills certainly are are going to like their chances. Yeah, I'd hope the I'd hope the Giants could pay his price tag in the offseason. I'm a Giants <laughs> fan. We need that coverage linebacker. We've got Blake Martinez to stop the run. But he's a good player. They're going to find some money to keep him. Absolutely. Um, I think last point we'll get in before we, we we pick your brain about a score prediction here. You talked about balanced offenses. That's something that's coming into this game. You know, the Chiefs obviously have it with the receiving game and the rushing game. With Buffalo. The rushing game's not so much there. Devin Singletary uh, is, a, is a good back, but only able to muster, I believe it was like 25 yards against Baltimore next week. How do you get him more involved and then change that up a little bit so you can keep that Chiefs defense on their toes? Well, I think there has to be commitment. Uh, obviously, the Bills went very, very pass-heavy against the Ravens in that first half. They only ran the ball from scrimmage, I think, twice uh, in the first half. There's no coincidence that, that that start of the third quarter, that drive that got him the lead to stay, was a much more balanced uh, possession. They did wor- start to work in uh, Devin Singletary. He started to pick up games. I think it's just really a matter of commitment, and I don't think they can go quite as pass-heavy uh, this week. I, certainly, I think they're going to be pass-dominant. That's still what the Bills' offense has done best throughout the season, um, with maybe one or two exceptions uh, through the whole year. But they're going to have to be a little more balanced. They're going to at least have to make Kansas City respect uh, the run game uh, from scrimmage, maybe out of the shotgun, which they haven't done very much this season at all. When they've run, it's usually under center stretch plays, which have just really not uh, worked out very well for them. Uh, but they're going to have to work in the run game in some way, shape, or form, I think, at least to more of a degree. They can do it. Again, I think it's a matter of commitment, getting the offensive line, I think, in rhythm because they're right now, with the exception of John Feliciano, this is a pass blocking line at this point. So I think getting them into a rhythm and getting some carries in, even if it doesn't work great right away, uh, I think it may pay dividends down the road. It's going to be a matter, I think the whole thing is going to have to be for the Bills, is keeping Kansas City in striking distance. We've seen Kansas City all season long, especially these past, the past back half of the season, where Kansas City runs out to a big lead and they kind of go into a lull and teams start to reel them back in a little bit. It happened against the Browns. Uh, the couple things going a different way, that could have been a different result. So for the Bills, I think it's going to be, I don't expect them to have the lead at the half. I really don't. Um, but I think it's going to be a matter of keeping them with a score. They keep within a score going to the third quarter uh, with the way the Bills have been and the way Josh Allen has been a clutch player. I think the Bills would have a very good chance. I think to keep within seven at the halftime break, I think, I think it's better than a coin flip the Bills win. Yeah, I I think the Bills really have a good chance this week, and I think it's really going to come down to which quarterback can outduel the other, like you've been saying. And it's whether or not you think Mahomes will be hobbled with the the toe injury that we saw before the the concussion or the uh, whatever knocked him out of the game Mm -hmm. last week. And, you know, Josh Allen that's totally healthy and thriving in his third year in the league. So uh, it's going to come down to those two quarterbacks that I think will be duking it out in the AFC for, you know, a decade to come. Yeah, and again, another keynote from week six, uh, Josh Allen had that non-throwing shoulder injury that he suffered against the Raiders, and he was still suffering from that a little bit. He was definitely missing high, which is what happens when you can't really, you know, put your non-throwing shoulder out there. He was missing his throws high. He was doing that against the Titans. He did it against the Chiefs. 
He's healed up from that now, and now we have Pat Mahomes, who a big part of his game is moving around uh, and keeping mobile, throwing across his body. And we saw that against the Browns when he first suffered that injury that he was missing throws, particularly to his left, and was not quite as mobile. So that's going to be, I think, a little more of a factor than maybe letting on. Obviously, he's, he's, you know, the concussion protocol is going to play, but he may be a little bit hobbled, and I think that may make a slight difference. Yeah. All right, so I guess the time's come now. Um, where do you think this game, I know you said as long as you think it's better than a coin flip if they can keep it within seven. Ultimately, when that clock hits zero in the fourth quarter, what, what's your gut feeling on the way this game's going to end up? Uh, I think the way it's going to end up, I, I think this is going to be, again, one score game into the fourth quarter. Somebody's going to have to make a clutch play down the stretch. And this may be a, maybe the boldest statement I'll make, but if I need a quarterback to make a clutch play this season, I think Allen's more likely. Uh, he has been clutch all season long in end-of-game end situations uh, when his team has been trailing. And if that's the way it goes, I think that's I think that leads to a, a Bills win by less than a score. That's awesome. We love to see the, the you know, the, the bold statement there. I love that. And, and I agree with you on that, too. Um, well, we wish you all the best as a lifelong Bills fan. I mean, I, I know – it's not comparable because you guys have had more success, but the Eagles being in the Super Bowl and the conference championship a couple years ago was awesome for me. So, um, yeah, we wish the Bills a ton of success. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon. No problem. And again, we'll knock on that wood. It's been 322 days now since uh, you and I have been able to do a sports broadcast for the knock on wood, cross fingers, and do everything else to hope we get back on the air again with a game real soon. I hope so. Hopefully some HWS lacrosse is in our future. Uh, we can hope, absolutely. All right, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. No problem. That was Joe Lasky um, joining us there to talk a little bit about the Bills. Um, he gave his score prediction. Anything you want to add on about the game um, before you and I jump into our score predictions here towards the end? I, I really think that it's going to come down to that Mahomes versus Allen type thing. I don't think each defense is – too solid. The Chiefs have been getting better defensively over the course of the season, but nothing too special. They were in a lot of those close games. I'm half convinced to take uh, Buffalo here. Uh, it's really both games this weekend for me are very, very close. I don't see like one team that's going to come out really that's clear winning. You know, they're both. All these teams are competitive. They're. I believe, even though the Bucks are the five seed, I think they're the top two teams in each conference. And, you know, making it this far shows that you are. Yep. But I feel like the playoffs have really shaken out this year that these are the top two teams in each conference. So, and think about it. If Tampa Bay had won one of those games against New Orleans, they would have been the two seed, right? I yep. think New Orleans went 12-4. and four. I, I, I think that's exactly the what Bucks it was. Yeah, went 11-5. Yeah. and five. So if they win one of those games, I think they're going to be the two seed there. So yep. I I I like the Chiefs. I, it, I, it's, it's hard to pick against Mahomes at home, Arrowhead. And I think it's going to be a 31-28 game where, once again, it's going to come down to Mahomes making that drive. And I've seen, you know, everybody's seen him do it many, many times. And I think Mahomes will do that. And I think uh, the Chiefs will pull it out in a close one. Yeah. I, I, I'm, Wait, I'm one with more you. thing. Yeah, go ahead. The toe will bother him in the first half. We'll see Absolute, some certain no, you're, things you're, you're that we're right. going to. Yeah. We'll see some certain things that are like, okay, that 
should have been a hit pass, and it, it, it's not. But I think they'll be able to weather that storm, and that's why it'll be a little closer than, you know, that Browns game was going for a, a blowout yeah. until he got hurt. So, Yeah, and I, and I think that's been something interesting over the last week that the national media, I think, hasn't focused on enough is they, they focus on the concussion protocol, but but that toe injury, I mean, he every play he was in pain. Yeah, yeah, he was making the throws. You're 100% right. But there were a lot that he was missing, too. Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs here, too. I, I, I agree with you. It's so hard. I, I want to pick the Bills. I want to take it. As, as a friend of the podcast, JB, said, a team of destiny. Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. I think they're going to do more down the stretch. I think, contrary to what Joe was saying, I think this will probably be a two-possession game in the fourth quarter and just a little far out of reach where the Bills then pull it right back in and the Chiefs defense or the Chiefs offense is able to run that ball and run the clock out. Um, that, that's my gut feeling on this one. I'm going to go, though, I'm going to go 31-24. 31-24, the Chiefs are going to beat the Bills. Um, okay. Okay, I think if Mahomes is compromised and it shows, it's a completely different game. And oh yeah, I, I, I know. I know Buffalo. When you're doing picks, I know you can't do it, but but I could very easily within the first half of the first quarter reevaluate and be like, Yo, you could, this game. you could be able to you could be able to first tell drive. and read read the situation and you know, it's not even like it would be the first Chiefs drive is what you're talking exactly. about because. Yep. You know, you can't obviously make his choice based on how the Bills come out. So, I don't know. Well, I'll stick with the Chiefs for now based on how I think Mahomes will be a little bit compromised, but not too much, and I think he'll still be able to make all the throws he needs to to win this game. I Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's end the show like we kind of like to do with a little bit of rankings of sorts. Let's just, for the fun of it, let's rank the Super Bowl matchups okay. that we could get based off what we want to see the most and what would be the least. Like we said, there's no real loser here this year. No, um, there really isn't. But there definitely is. I've got one in my head that's definitely a favorite. So we're going to get to that. You're listening to Cracking a Cold One, 105.7 WHWS. Son, you gotta work late. Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do, cause there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. Well, my mom and papa told me, son, you gotta make some money. If you wanna use a car to go right next Sunday. Well, I didn't go to work, told the boss I was sick. Now you can't. Cause you didn't work a lick Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do Cause there ain't no cure for the summertime blues Take two 
goes on, but you're too young to vote. Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do, cause there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. the summertime Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by feedthepig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we were... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome to winter. I can't take it anymore! Let you know when spring is here. Hobart and William Smith College Radio, WHWSLP 105.7. Towards the end of this week's episode of Cracking a Cold One, Chris and Kevin here. Thanks again to Joe Lasky for joining us to talk a little bit about the Bills. Once again, you can find all these shows on our Spotify at Broad Street Boys. Uh, we've got on that Spotify, we also have our new hockey podcast, Pucks and Deep, hosted by Nick McCarthy and I. Still have yet to fully solidify what our um, semester schedule is going to look like uh, in terms of on the air WHWS radio. Um, the hockey podcast will be once a week. Um, what else? Oh, and you can listen to yesterday's small podcast episode with James Baker, uh, co-host of In the D3 Football Huddle Podcast, who discussed a little bit about the Bucks football, talked a little bit about 
uh, whether we will see some Homer and William Smith lacrosse this season. We're all hoping for a season. A lot of teams have come out with schedules. So far, the bigger D1 schools, you know, the Villanovas, the Virginias, have come out with schedules. So that, that obviously, you know, bodes well for a lacrosse season. But let's finish the show off, Kevin. Let's let's rank um, the possible Super Bowl matchups, obviously down to four teams here. We've given our predictions. Um, let's rank the matchups, though, that we could see. There's four different ones in the in Super Bowl. What are we at? Super Bowl 54? Five. 55. Um, the matchups we want. Um, I'll go first. We talked during the break. I, th- I think you and I are both um, clearly on the same page with this one. Exactly. Packers Chiefs. Yeah, it's it's the best game possible for the NFL. It's both number one seeds. It's offense of royalty versus offense of royalty. It's two defenses that you know have been improving over the course of the season. Not bad, but it could be a shootout, one that everyone would love to see. And it would be mainly offensive-driven, which the NFL loves for its ratings. And I just think the storyline, Mahomes, the new Rodgers versus Rodgers himself. You know, the two, as I was saying earlier in the show, the two most gifted quarterbacks physically I think we've ever seen as NFL fans. Exactly. And and that's not a knock on on Tom Brady at all because we don't need to get into it. We're up against... Well, he's hour, not athletically gifted. Exactly. He's just clutch. Brady is a different type of quarterback, and he's the greatest of all time because he's won six. And he you has know, Rodgers has yeah. one, and he's the greatest talent I've ever seen. Absolutely. Ro- uh, Mahomes has one, and he's, you know, just starting. But still, he's the greatest, one of the greatest, second greatest talent I've ever seen. Yeah, so Packers-Chiefs is kind of both the consensus for the two of us. Um, I'll give my second one first because we do differ between two and three here. Um let me set the stage real real quickly. Um, you've got Brady leaves the AFC East, goes to the NFC, going up against the new champion of the AFC East in Josh Allen. My second best Super Bowl I want to see is the Buccaneers against the Bills. Tom Brady going back up against the AFC, up against Josh Allen. Bills win the division for the first time in, I forget, I have no idea how long, since 08 maybe. Um, no, the Bills haven't won the division since no, no, the 90s. Excuse me. The, the Pats, the, somebody other than the Patriots wins the division for the first time since, since 08 when since the Dolphins won it. Yep. Yep. Um, that's my second one. Where are you at on that one? And then who's your second? So my sec, so I, I like the, the storyline of Allen versus Brady and the Bills still having to overcome Brady to win a Super Bowl just yep. when you thought he was out of your life. He comes trotting back in to Buffalo and to ruin some hopes and dreams because I think he would at that point. Um, I think... It's a compelling matchup, and that's why I'm going to put it at three. But I think an even better matchup would be Mahomes versus Brady with the Chiefs versus the Bucks, And that just happens because, once again, all these games get built up by their quarterback matchup. Absolutely. And so the NFL would love to have that one where, you know, you got Mahomes on one side, the new coming in. You know, Mahomes could win six. You never know. He's only 25 years old, I think. Um I've said that like three times this show, so I really <laughs> hope he's 25. Um, I th- and then you have Brady, who can win seven and just completely, you know, then he's in the greatest of all time in all sports. In On the money, 20, sorry, 25 years old. Yeah, I just looked that up myself, too. <laughs> and it's just we've seen Brady and Mahomes in the playoffs before, and it was one of the best playoff games we've seen in recent memory. In that AFC championship where the Pats went out to Arrowhead, won in that very cold game. And it was a shootout. So, I mean, 
can we see a replica of that? I'd love that. That was one of my favorite games in recent memory. So that's why that's at two for me. And then the Allen versus the Brady thing at number three is very compelling to me. But it doesn't top the tr- uh, the Chiefs and the Bucks. So, and last, I think it's not the worst matchup, Super Bowl matchup we've had in recent memory. It Or, you know, potentially it could be with the Packers and the Bills. It's just two blue-collar franchises. And, you know, Rodgers has the star power. Bills have Josh Allen being the rising star. And they so, have the Bills Mafia. <laughs> yeah, they've got the Bills Mafia, two very passionate fan bases. And it's still a good Super Bowl, but not as good as these other three that we could have. No, and that's absolutely it where I come down. Um, on your topic of Mahomes versus Brady, Patrick Mahomes wasn't even in kindergarten when Brady got drafted, which which is just insane wow. to think about. I mean, wow. I know that's been repeated multiple times, and uh, it's easy math to do. But our station manager, Greg Connerwell, just brought us Bill's pens here. We're going to have to become Perfect. part of Bill's Mafia. He's got the Bill's Mafia hat on. In the studio, we've got the Bill's, you know, floor mat. In there as well, um, which is. Uh, I'm a pseudo Bills fan. I'd say they're they're in my. Uh, I don't know. I pull for them when I'm not. I, I, I would I'm, be, if they're if they're in the Super Bowl against the Packers, I'll root for the Bills. Yeah, we're, I'm not in the business of you know being a second you know second fan sure. of it. You know those are though. That's my second team. Yep. No, I mean I have one team and that's it. But the I'll, I'll, there's certain team. teams that I'll pull for. <laughs> yeah, and you know, so and just to be clear, I think the first two matchups that I listed with. Packers, Chiefs, and Chiefs, Bucks are head and shoulders above the other two matchups. Okay. So, um, those the top two for me are very close, but when you bring it down to it, I think we're gonna get one of those top two. I think the Chiefs are gonna pull through, barring any difficulty that Mahomes might have with his uh his toe. That that'll be absolutely, and that'll be something that you know you we said it before, but. Once again, to reiterate, the first drive of the game will give you such clarity on how that game's going to go. I might need a few drives to evaluate because maybe it'll be rusty. And uh, I know he played last week, but, you know, it's different when you're playing with an injury. So, yep. yeah, that's basically all I got. Yeah, that's all I got, too. We, we've run the gamut of head coaching um, hires all the way down to conference championship previews. Um, draft season's going to be fun. Uh, in the offseason with you, Nick, and I breaking down some mock drafts. Um, all, all picks in the top 15 with all the, the three of us, with the Eagles at 6, the Giants at 11, and uh, the the Pats at 15. So it's going to be very interesting. A lot of good players, a lot of good QBs who, you know, we don't know who wants one. Does Atlanta want one? Does Detroit want one? You never know. So yeah. we'll see. We'll just have to see. I'm, I'm looking forward to that part of the season, I'm too. absolutely looking forward to it, too. Um, Philadelphia in a great position with the number 6 pick. Um, Compared to the nine, yep. You always <laughs> say this, yep. All right. That'll do it for us here. Um, keep posted to our Spotify and Twitter. Um, we'll figure out what our schedules line up for. In terms of a show this season, um, we've got a couple other shows in the pipeline, too. Probably one once football wraps up, probably even before that. Maybe maybe we'll do one Super Bowl Sunday. Um, but probably one down the stretch here for the NFL season, um, at least on radio. We'll see what everybody's schedules Come on. So that'll do it for this weekend here. We'll send you out into your weekend, believe it or not, Friday afternoon with The Weekend by Brantley Gilbert.
at school.